welcome to the podcast, The Improv Teachers, where I get to interview teachers about the art of teaching improv. This month, we have Andiel Sudik. I'm really excited. Andiel was born and raised in Santa Clarita, California. She spent her winters and summers on her family's farm in Nebraska near Wahoo and moved to Chicago after high school. She's performed all over the U.S. with Second City Torco and all over Europe with Boom Chicago. She lived in Amsterdam and in Arizona and other random places. She currently is on the West Coast and has been performing and teaching sketch comedy and improv for over 10 years. Uh, it was so fun to finally sit down with Andiel. I met her... Uh, year or so ago and just delight delighted to have crossed paths so excited such a wonderful human being we had a great conversation and this time my audio only had reverb on my voice so yay uh you get to listen to Andiel and not worry about me uh slowly working out all those kinks so thanks guys for being patient again let's just get this started excited to get going and here we go it's this month's improv teachers Ask everybody if they remember the first improv class they taught. Ah, do I remember? No, you know what? I don't remember the first improv class I taught, but I do know that it would have been um, most likely touring with the Second City. So it would have been um, like for a college or an improv troupe somewhere in America, and we would have been co-teaching. So I would have been co-teaching, and probably like really really leaning on my co-teacher because they were all way more experienced than I was so I probably just like said a lot of like yes I was probably like the hype man (laughs) (laughs) oh god that's amazing I want to dig into that for a second because I think you're the first person I've talked Uh to about Second City Torco and teaching oh Uh, yeah yeah. Uh, so it's not just going and performing as Torco also teaches yeah, so it depends, and it's changed a lot even to now, because um, I did a little bit of directing, and it's so vastly different. But when I toured, which was a million years ago, um, you it was like mostly shows, and then every once in a while, um, the place would also book workshops, so the cast would teach workshops. So we rotated who got to teach, because you made extra money, oh. um, and so that was like my first taste, my first taste of teaching was on to probably like the best classes ever because they were super excited um and really just like amazing amazing classes so did second city provide the curriculum or did you guys like part of your job was (laughs) to giggle it out yeah because you know what i have such a terrible memory i don't remember ever getting a curriculum that's another thing that's that's another thing that's changed because now um i've led a couple like um like teaching workshop workshops Mm -hmm. to the cast members so now they have that in place where like you get this kind of like base like here's the curriculum for each type of thing but it was a little looser back then so it was basically like um we kind of like knew but you had a little bit of leeway and you still do so it's basically like what do you do best and how do you teach that through the filter of what second city does right i mean because that's the thing is that second city i'm sure figured it out real quick or not, maybe not real quick. A, <laughs> I don't know. But that's brand, right? Like, I mean, that's a brand yeah. that's coming in. Totally. And so there's got to be some sort of control there. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Some sort of like, we got taught by Second City and it was this thing. And everyone's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So there's definitely, I think in the last, you know, 10 years, a little bit more idea about that. Like, what are we teaching and, and how is that different from all these other theaters that are, you know, building and there's so much more improv out there now, which is, I think, amazing. But also then I think theaters do have to think like, what's our thing? Well, right. And I think even the individual teacher needs to think about what's my thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like when a teacher, when I hear people say, oh, I want to start teaching improv. My first question is always why? And not like, oh, why? Because you're coming into the market. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what is why? it about your voice <laughs> yeah. that you want to bring to the table? Yeah. Yeah. So what are you teaching? What are you teaching these days? Uh, so I taught a, a bunch on the road last year. So I got, um, I kind of moved towards the end of last year. So I've been teaching a couple workshops in different places and I'll go to like some festivals and then I'm t teaching my first workshop in my first series in LA, um, starting next month. And it's my, um, woman workshop. So it's physicality, um, and it's for women. Okay, so for those workshops, you create those yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I do, yeah. Cool. So it's really helpful, I think, for people, because there's a lot of people out there who just don't know how to do it. So most teachers start with the big question of what is it I want to do, and then they work their way mm -hmm. back and fill in the curriculum. Is that essentially what you're doing also? Um, yeah, that's it. That sounds good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I think it's like I'm so inconsistent, truly, that I think it depends on like what uh, like why I'm teaching that specific workshop and where I'm at in at that point. So usually okay. it is like themed or um, I'll like even I might work backwards, like I might fall in love with an exercise or the mm -hmm. idea of an exercise and then try to build out a workshop around that. So it's like kind of one one or the other. Yep, I've done that. I fell in love with yeah. the idea of yeah. teaching people to edit better. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, right? Right. <laughs> and I built a workshop around that because I, right, I mean, people suck at editing. So. <laughs> yeah, well, and you don't spend very, you spend so much time on the meat of it that that's almost like an afterthought where it's such a huge part of improv. It's such a huge part of it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I could do a whole conversation on my pet peeves and editing. editing. But we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Some other time. Right, right. Um, so, uh, do you do, um, when you set up, when you go into a workshop, do you set up like at the top, like here's some expectations, here's some boundaries, uh, here's what I want from you to, you know, here's our like sort of contract for the workshop? Oh, yeah. I think that's like so incredibly important, especially now. I think that's grown more important, but I think that's so phenomenally important as just like, like setting up the language of, of the, the afternoon of like, what, what are our expectations and how we connect to each other? Cause that's the most important thing inside of a room is, are we able to create? And the only way we can do that is if we trust each other enough to at least know when shit goes wrong, mm -hmm we will have a language to figure it out together and we won't have to worry about it, leave feeling um, uncomfortable or unheard. I think that's super important. Yeah, I do too. I also think it 
stops 90% of the uh-ohs that might happen. Right, yeah. And I think, too, what's great about that is, like, I think there's some common things. And then I also think there's personal things for each teacher and the way they like to run the room. And I think that also sets up uh, a student or a class's expectation of what they're going to get from you, which is nice to be able to get out at the beginning. Right. So what do you think so, you yeah. like to bring in? What is something that then you would share like about you and your mm -hmm. expectation? Well, of, of like what they can expect from me? Yeah. Well, I think one thing for me is I like to set the expectation that the workshop is going to be experiential versus like skill based or like you are for sure all going to leave here with the exact same thing. I don't teach that way. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't want to lie to people. <laughs> sure. No, I mean, I think that's so, good though, right? Like, yeah. Think like, it's like, I could just see it be like, oh, come to my workshop and I'll give you three tools, but you don't yeah. teach tools, right? Like that doesn't. I, yeah. Right? Like, but that's not what I do. And right. it's, it is what other, like other people do that so extremely well that I also don't want that, you know, like right. it's just the way I teach is um, I'm excited when things happen that are surprises to me because it teaches me something um, as well. So it's an experience. I think that's super important for me to tell people. Also, my mode of communication, I let people know that I, I tend to be rather straightforward and aggressive mm -hmm. um, and, and try to communicate that if they have an issue with that, um, that they, they can speak uh, about that. And I set that as just an expectation of like, I do, I do give notes. I do give them in a very straightforward manner um, that doesn't work for everyone. And I'm aware of that. So trying to like kind of get that out there. So it's not a surprise if people get personal notes, because I think not all classes do that. Right. And so I'm going to jump on that and then I'm going to go back to something else. The uh, I'm also straightforward. I mean, I'm not like and it's interesting to use the word aggressive because I don't know the I could totally see people saying that I'm aggressive as well, but I'm like, mm -hmm. but I'm not a dick. Right? Like, no, no. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I do like, no, I'm, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it's I, not like, oh, it's not coming from a place of, I think, and you can correct me, but I think it's the same with you. It's not coming from a place of meanness. It's coming from a place of love. No, absolutely. And that's what I try to say is like, because it is like, I get so excited that I yell. Like, th that is something that happens. And so I never want people to feel like it's an attack or it's based on anything other the excitement of the moment they're creating. Um, so yeah, I think, and I think the reason, and, and it's not like, I'm not like old school, uh, <laughs> right. uh, like Dell, like screaming and throwing things. At, like that's not at all my style. Um, but I, I do think, think it's appropriate. No, and right. no, 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 no. Oh, I don't think that's appropriate at all. Right. Um, but I just like to say, like, t tonally, um, I I do tend to be, I, I tend to be a woman who is, you know, says things. <laughs> and so I want to make sure people are ready for that um, so that it doesn't feel like a social contract I'm breaking. Wow, wow, wow. I, <laughs> You right. know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's good. I think it'll, it's great because I think it'll all tie in. So this whole, like, this is an experience. Is that always been your philosophy or is that is what has transformed as you've become more comfortable as a teacher and also understanding, like, I 
don't fit in those boxes of societal norms, quote unquote, as a female <laughs> teacher. Yeah, I think I think it's the I think the reason I say it now is because I'm super confident in my teaching and what they get from me as a as a note giver or as an observer. I'm confident enough in what I'm giving that I feel like I can say that without taking anything away from from what it is. Right. So I it's people will get something out of it, but I'm super confident along the way accepting that it may not be my initial the, what they get out of the exercise might not be what I think they should get out of it. Right. And I think it's more important for them to be able to have that experience and not to look to me for the lesson. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you think you were always like that? Or do you think you ever struggled with like, Oh fuck, they're not, this is what I want them to get out of the lesson and they're not getting it. And now I need to force um, them to get it. Totally. Well, I think that I, I think there still are things that I believe to be true philosophically that I want people to get out of it. So ideally, you know, in my master plan of the whatever, they're still getting those things. They might just get be getting them at different times in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, I think when I teach from curriculum, so like if I teach at Second City, right. there's now especially because uh, they've changed over they've made it much more class by class and, and skill by skill or whatever, whatever you want to call it. So I do have to still um, hit those things, but I think I'm confident enough to go off the script. And I think that that's, I think when you start, you're a little bit more precious about the lessons or, or, or the things that you come in with. Or I was, I don't know why I said you as though like, this is an experience we all have. <laughs> um, it would be. <laughs> But, but yeah, like, I think I was a little bit more precious because you get so excited about, like, bringing this gift. Yeah. And then when people don't take the gift, instead of being able to say, like, oh, they might have they might have just, like, had something else, I think you get mad at them for not taking the gift. And I think I've definitely matured in that aspect along the way. Did that answer the question at all? Yeah, it did. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I had, like, one of those moments myself, um, a student recently – we were doing some feedback and I was like, how's this going? Like from an exercise. And he's like, I had an aha moment because you've been having us do this one exercise and I've been doing it. And I'm like, okay, well, she wants us to do it. I don't really get why. And, mm -hmm. and, and he's like, but today when you put it together with this, I was like, oh my God, I get what we're doing. And I think me several years ago would have been like, what do you mean you didn't get it? This is like a <laughs> fundamental thing. Yeah. Now, right? Like now I'm like, cool. I'm yeah, glad you finally clicked. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm glad. Like, yay. We, we did it. Right. right. Um, yeah. I would have been so offended because like that's the philosophy totally. we play from. Yeah, totally. I'm like that, that like is the thing that you need. You need right. to know that. Yeah. Right. Totally. So with Second City these days, is it leveled classes? Is that what it is? Like level one, two or A, B, C or whatever they're. Well, you know what? So I just um, like I'm now in L.A. Um, and getting to know their the their training center here, which is slightly different. It's similar, but it's slightly different than the one in Chicago. So I can definitely speak to the one in Chicago is they have the beginning levels, which is through E. And that's for like people who have never done it before and maybe, you know, don't just want to dip their foot in it and try it out. And then there's the conservative which you audition into and that is five levels 
and then a showcase and that uh is so like uh, a through e is more focused on just improvisation and then the conservatory uh is like how do you use improvisation as a tool to create sketch comedy sure and then there is also the writing program which obviously comes more through the writing aspect of it i'm right. um, still slightly collaborative but a little bit more like what are the types of things you can create here and how do you do it right and so what are you um what well i mean because you were you teaching the conservatory part? Were you teaching the regular part? Are you doing a mix of both? What were you doing? Uh, I'm so proud to say I was teaching in every part. Good. Um, okay. So I, I taught in okay. yeah taught in all of the all of the different programs, including teen and youth, which is my favorite. Woo! So, <laughs> I have teenagers well, now, so I'm like less you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I get to give them back after two weeks. Right. So. Well, that's why I want to, people are like, oh my god, you should do a teen class. I'm like, I live with them. I'm not oh, doing no. a teen class. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm good, thanks. Right. Maybe when I'm done with my teenage years yeah, with them. Exactly. Did you, did you personally, as a teacher, find that you would approach mm -hmm. like students who were like, ah, this is me pursuing this because it's fun and it's my hobby and I got to get better at work uh, talking, versus like I auditioned to get into this program and I want to either get on Torco, I want to get on main stage, I want to go be a writer. Mm -hmm. Did you did yeah. you find that you would treat it differently? Um, that I would treat it differently. Um, I'm trying to think because I don't want to lie. Right. Uh, but I have, again, my memory sucks. Uh, would I treat it differently? I don't know that I would. I mean, what, what I come in with is, uh, is the same, just calibrated slightly differently depending on who I'm teaching and teaching it. Okay. So the core of it's the same. Um, I do, I do think language wise, it, you can you can say the same things uh in different ways so i think probably language wise i would shift language but i also think that it whether whatever the reason a person comes into a class ideally you can still teach it so that they are learning something because I think what I what what does bother me and is a huge pet peeve is when you're teaching a, a class and people are there because they think they have to be or they're there for a reason other than taking the class. I think that's a really hard thing to teach this artistic pursuit to because, you know, I love it. So to have someone in a class that is there to put it on their resume and and truly is not engaging in the class or thinks they're above it. I think that's really like that. I've had moments where I'm like, this is, this sucks. <laughs> well, um, right. I mean, and you were going to definitely get that more at second city, especially in Chicago and now in yeah. LA, then you're going to mm -hmm. get like in a small market of someone and you're like, Oh my God. Right. And yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a thing like that's Yeah. Well, and I will say everyone like war not warned me, but I, I think Warren would be the right word. When I moved to LA, they're like, the students here are different. They are doing it for a different reason. So just like, get ready. Cause you don't have those people. You don't have those like real improv nerds who are there to just do it. And I think that's why I moved to Chicago and loved working there for so long was like, for a long time, that was the place that you went to work. You went to get better and you, and you weren't worried about anything else. And I think that's also the reason that I absolutely love traveling and teaching because I think the heart of it still remains in places that have been open a little a little less or have a little less attention on them. 
for Does sure. That make sense? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, because every agent in LA is telling their person you need to have you need improv. improv. Right. Yeah. And then they're coming through. I mean, and there are definitely a clump of those diehard nerds out there. Yeah. But almost every one of them is also like uh, in the industry somehow. And- Totally, yeah. And yeah. there's like good, you know, there's good aspects to that too. So I don't want to be like, ugh. Because right. like, what's cool about that is like, they, you don't have to teach them stage presence because right. they're actors. You know, like there's all that. So, yeah, it's, yeah I think, yeah. yeah. You know, that it's so funny when I have to like teach stagecraft, and I'm like, oh, that's right. You have been a corporate person for 35 years. What the fuck do you know about stagecraft? totally yeah like you've got this like resume of other skills right (laughs) speaking out like and making sure i can see you is not on that list right yeah yeah oh my gosh so uh because you've had to have like that kind of student and whatnot do you have tips on like dealing with the student who is maybe quote unquote more difficult or just kind of checked out yeah, do I? Um, <laughs> I like it's it's so hard because like I feel like in ev- every room in every situation is so specific and so different, especially with improv, which is this nebulous thing. Um, so I think like just really trying to key into the room and not and doing your best not to let that overpower the room because I think I tend to be, I mean I know I tend to be pessimistic, so it's hard for me in a room where it's like but remember nine people are here you know are here for the experience so don't let that don't let that get too far into your brain right um and do your best to keep you know to keep it engaging and active and what i love about teaching and even like within curriculum now is like being able to ask like what are you here for what do you want out of this and to individually ideally be able to give everyone something so that it truly is like I got a, a couple great experience of, experiences I've had was teaching um, week long immersions at Second City. So like they're there, you know, five days a week for three hours and being able to really ask, like, what are you here for? What do you want? And if someone's thing is I want to get better at auditioning with commercial script, being able to do that for half a day. Right. Um, Instead of like shutting down and being like, well, that's bullshit. That's not why you're here. Because <laughs> it really is like, it, as long as it's not taking anything away. And there's so many things that you can learn within that, right? Like if I, if I create a day around using commercial script improvisationally, we can all get something out of that. So why not? Why not try as long as no one's being an asshole? Right. Um, yeah. Because we're going to get to the women's workshop here in a second, but when you're doing co-ed workshops mm-hmm. and the bullshit comes up, do you, I mean, I'm sure stuff comes up in women's workshops. We'll get there in a second. What do you, do you stop, do you stop scenes right away? Do you let them play out? Do you have, I mean, you've had the conversations at the top of the class, so what's yeah. your, so top what of doing? class, so. So ideally, uh, your boundaries and the mode of communication are set up really clearly at the top of the workshop. So you can always go back to that if something is out of the lines of what is acceptable. Um, As far as I know, there's a lot of different philosophies about it. I think, again, each moment calls for something different. If I if it's a really beginner class, I might stop it earlier. Um, 
if I think that we're in, I mean, if I think we're in actual physical danger, that's a, a hard stop. That's a like a hundred percent. We're stopping it. If it's content, um, and I'm, and I'm not worried about anyone on stage. Um, I don't feel the need to swoop in and protect anyone. I like to, I like to give people the option to play through things. And again, this is, you know, hard to talk about cause we're not talking about anything specific. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll usually like let it, I, I won't let it complete, but I'll let it go a little bit longer. And then usually we'll open up a discussion about it and talk through, um, choices so that it's never, you know, like you're a bad person. It's, this was not a great move. Um, right. and, and here's, so that, right. and here's, yeah. And here's, yeah. here's why, um, and trying to make sure that like, I'm taking care of the room and I'm also not putting words in people's mouths. So taking care of like, taking care of the create, trying my best to take care of the creative space. Um, so that's like, if it's scenic, if it's, if it's a game and content wise, it just gets like in a, you know, it's, if I think it's taking a turn towards like, great, we're, we're walking down this path. So that's the last, this kind of thing we'll do in this class. I think that's a fun way of like playfully taking something off the table. Right. Um, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. I think it, I think like the, I think you can feel when a room turns and then I think opening it up to that discussion is super important so that we're not afraid to do that. Right. But I also think it's really important not to, as a teacher say, I, I am 100% infallible and I know the right answer. Right. Cause I think that's dangerous too. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think it's really interesting that you just said like you can feel the room turn because I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, and I, I feel it mm-hmm. often and I, and I, I think, unfortunately, I feel a lot of energy. <laughs> a lot of mm-hmm. like I'm fucking exhausted. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't want to be around people. <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm highly introverted. Right. Like, cause it's, because, yeah. it's because you fucking read energy all the time. Um, yeah. I, the one thing I've been thinking about lately is, like, how do you teach a new teacher, like, how to fucking read a room? You know? Like, uh yeah uh yeah how do you do that i think part of it like what's crazy about it is part of it is just reps like anything unfortunately part of it is like you just got to be in those experiences and have the fucked up stuff like because i teach you know like i teach the workshop about workshops yes and it and these questions come up and it really is like well in tell me the specific situation you're talking about mm-hmm. will problem solve through that situation. Know that that exact thing will never fucking happen again. Right. But ideally you have a couple extra options or tools for the next time. Yeah. Well, so I just, think that's part of it is like, ooh, yeah, what were you going to no, say? No, I was going to say, we just had that happen. So, cause I do a lot of train the trainers internally. Uh, yeah. Because if other people are going to be teaching, then they better be good. Right. Uh, at least under my, yeah. umbrella, like, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. So, one thing I just I just hadn't hit, uh, and it came up for someone was someone had like a, basically a panic attack in class, and mm-hmm. the teacher handled it well, but I would have handled it differently just because I uh-huh. dealt with it so many other times. Right. And I was like, oh, you know what? We need to go back through this and talk about like some tips you can do when mm-hmm. someone is clearly, first of all, they shouldn't have gotten into that zone. Yeah. Um, because they should have, even though you say up front, you never have to be in a scene you're uncomfortable with mm-hmm. and you can leave at any time. 
you say that, but people, just because of social constructs, are like, well, oh that's... Oh, my God, yeah. Right. So I always create, especially on very new people, like, visual prompting. Yeah. So that they can tact internally so that they can say to me, hey, I just went through this exercise and I stepped into the red zone, so I don't know what's going to happen when we go again. And I will be like, great, let's back you off mm-hmm. for a round or so, or let's dip, you know, like, let's take you through this slowly kind of thing. And if those are just things that, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think, yeah. Right. So, and he did a good job, but, like, yeah, now we need like it's good because that will create a, a bigger conversation of like yeah yeah and not and well, that doesn't happen often right like students don't have panic no. attacks often but they have <laughs> yeah well and i think that that's such a i think that's something that we take for granted is like um in training teachers or in learning how to teach like you're learning there's a lot of different hats you're putting on you know like social dynamics is one of the things you need to hopefully start being becoming more aware of on top of learning your intros and being able to clearly explain a game without over explaining the takeaways right um and how to like how to host conversations about feedback how to keep the room cool in that like there's so many of those that like ideally when you're training you also get to the part that's like great now here are potential things that could go wrong right um and how to like how to approach those or feel confident or, or get to a place where you're confident enough to say, I don't know how to handle this. So let's take a time out. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think it takes, I think it takes incredible confidence in a teacher to say like, let's hold a minute. I am not sure what's going on here. So let's just talk through this and we'll, we'll leave this room better. Yeah. Uh, that's, like, I didn't have the benefit of anyone te- I mean, I had the benefit of, of knowing that just because I was te- taught to teach in an academic situation um, mm-hmm. and, and just had sort of that, a lot of those skill sets just transferred over. But improv yeah. is such a personal, weird journey that yeah. a lot of it is just you in the classroom, figuring that out. A hundred percent, yep. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully having someone that you trust enough to talk to, to talk about it or... Right to to watch you you know like i think those are that yeah, it's super ideally I mean, we're lucky enough yeah. to have now I yeah mean, that's why that's why i started doing this because if you weren't attached to a big institution good luck right like it was right yeah it was, it's a hard thing so with that in mind did you what what inspired you to create a women's only workshop to begin with um the uh election <laughs> the, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really what it is um the world i think um the election happened and i had a really i uh, i wasn't surprised by it which pissed me off even more because yeah. everyone was surprised and i wasn't um and i was very pissed off and and disillusioned and and upset um and so kind of looking towards like what I wanted. And I was also, uh, I was directing, uh, and I felt, I felt like, so like when I was, uh, improvising, I felt like I worked at a lot of, in a lot of, um, very male spaces Mm -hmm. from the top down, some, some, like some covertly misogynistic and some very obviously misogynistic. 
uh, and both were upsetting. And so I decided I wanted to get into directing to kind of hopefully learn how to foster more open and creative spaces for non-white males to be in. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's why I started directing. And I felt like that had been going really well. And then a directing, like, after, right after the election, one of the most misogynistic directors I had worked with was given, was given that job where I was like, there are five other women here who are ready and who should have had that job, especially in this um, liberal <laughs> bubble that we live in where we're all aware of what's going on. And I, so like all this, this headway I thought I had made felt like it got taken away from me right. in the most dramatic sense I could say, like, I am so dramatic. Um, <laughs> so like, so that just like really then kind of like bubbled up again. And so I just wanted a space where we didn't have to, where there just didn't exist that extra thing. And, and it was fun and it was playful and it wasn't really any different than any of the other spaces, except maybe we could give word or give voice to each other in a way that we are not always able to, because because of you know the the microaggressions and also the larger misogyny of a male down art form. Yeah, I um, I want to pick your I want to I want to pick your brain. I'm like pick your brain. You're on the podcast. Reason. <laughs> uh, I want to go into <laughs> I want to go into some of the things. Because uh, what happened yeah. recently, so uh, one of the classes I'm teaching right now, you know, it's it's a six-week class. So one, first day one, I do the whole, like, you know, what brought you here? What are you looking to get out of it? Et cetera, et cetera. And mm -hmm. I have a young uh, female student who is delightful. And she's like, I've only ever had one-off workshops with females. You're my first female teacher for, like, a class. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, right? Like, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's pressure. But, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> but we, we were in class a few weeks ago, and her scene partner, and he's, and he's a very nice guy. And, and so, like, I kept having to be like, I'm not trying to shit on you right now. But he, she came, we were doing, like, an open montage, and we just had the rule set up that the person... When you tag in, shut up, because that person tagging in sees something is going about to bring you something, right? So just mm -hmm. wait for that offer to come before you respond. And so she tags in, and before she can even say something, he just starts on, right? Mm -hmm. And then she's, like, stumbling through her words, and she was trying to point out that she was a doctor, but he'd already taken away all this sort of, like, power from her. Mm -hmm. And she's also, like, I can see it. She's trying to, like, just go with the flow, and yes, and. And yeah. I was like, stop, right? I was like, okay, here are some things you can do to shut this shit down. Because you don't have to be stepped on by someone who's just physically fucking louder than you. And, 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 I, and like I said to the guy, I'm like, I know that you didn't intentionally do it, and that, and that, right? So I'm like, but unfortunately, you get to be the example, right? Like, and he actually was really excited about it and all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, so, but, but basically like just ways, like literally, I'm like literally giving her ways to hold her own in a scene and it, and like, while I know my own journey and the shit I still go through, um, 
just tacking some of the actual tactics, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is how much I've thought about this. Yeah, and yeah. Like how well, much I I've had to do. Yeah, and not even like I think for me, it's like not even how much I've thought about it, just how many things internally that I've figured out or not figured out. There it is. Yes. And not even yes. yeah. And I think too, like what's interesting is it's different for everyone, um, and and women don't all have the same. Like it's not always like trying to be heard. Um, in improvisation, like sometimes it's the opposite where you're getting notes that you're be that you're doing too much you're playing too big or you're playing too you know like mm -hmm. it's just this um this regulating i think women are regulated in society and so i think there's an aspect of that that potentially can happen in the classroom yeah um you know like when you're when you're looking at how people talk about uh women in politics you're either to this or to that and they're fucking opposites so mm -hmm. you can't win right and so i think it's that that frustration where it's like um I want every artist in, in any room that I'm working in, ideally, to find their personal voice and how they personally um, excel in this made-up art or in, in creating material for themselves. And I think sometimes it's nice to have the room to do that where there aren't, isn't this extra layer of shit going on. Yeah, I, uh, you know? yeah, I... I got to study with Susan Messing at a time when I had basically been told I wasn't going to be playing with a group of people because I was doing the shit that the guys wanted to be doing and getting the attention for. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that's what that was improv was about like that. You know, like, I'm so sorry that I'm not just a girlfriend or like the mom. Apologize. Uh, my bad. <laughs> and, my bad. Right. And it was just wonderful to be able to have this opportunity to like, work with someone who was like fuck that you know you get to yeah. be who you are you get to own who you are and like i tell people like it wasn't a workshop like i got to study with susan like over a long time and that's a different experience than just having susan for like a one-off workshop and um and it just came at a time where i was like oh i'm allowed to have to be me a, yes and it doesn't yeah. and I, and it doesn't matter what gender I identify with. Yeah. This is who I am as a performer. And mm -hmm. even now, I feel like um, I've got a few players who are adjusting to some stuff and, like, they're wanting me to change. I'm like, fuck you. One, I write the checks, so fuck off. And, <laughs> and two, um, this is who I am as a player. Like, I have known mm -hmm. this in my bones and you fucking figure out who you are as a player. And it's not, and that doesn't mean like I'm fucking saying no to you and mm -hmm. I'm, but yeah, I'm going to make some big moves. So like either keep up or don't keep up. Like I can't, yeah. I can't change well, who I, I am as a performer. Right. And it's like, I mean, I think for everything, it's like, at least the way I look at it for the way I play is like, I, I can calibrate myself. Yes. I, I can absolutely calibrate myself, but I, but anytime I feel like I'm not playing like me, that's not okay. So then I need to to reassess what's going on in the situation or with that group. But like I, I think too, I've gotten so lucky in so many different ways of having so many shitty experiences and so many great experiences and also getting to like travel and play in so many different places yeah. that I've gotten to work the muscle of how I fit in in different situations without losing the heart of what I am. Right. And so I, that's like, 
I think that's an interest in me is, is helping and being able to like figure out how to open up spaces that other people can have that playtime. Cause yeah, I think I've gotten sure. so lucky. Cause like when I go into a place, if they play wildly different, differently than I do, I still want to figure out how to play with them, mm -hmm. but I, but I still want to be me, you know? Right, right. So it's very much like that fun for me, that puzzle game of like how, how much of me is, you know, solid and how much of me is malleable. Right. And it's the same thing as me as a teacher. Like if I, I mm. rarely, some teachers uh, sit down and they take it in and they give you like some of these, like they'll give you like nuggets here and there. Right. And they'll gu gently guide you. I'm up like right at the edge of the stage watching. Right. Yeah. And I'm like all in it and I don't sit down and like, I, like and that's just who I am as a teacher. though. Yeah. Um, when being able to like, to find, yeah, to, to find your style as a teacher too, is like such a, an amazing thing, you know, right. to be like, oh, I have to right. be, I have to be engaged to be engaging. I think that's something that I learned as well. It's like, oh, I have to be in it. Yeah. Yeah, but that can look yeah, different for people, right? Like I know what that oh, looks yeah. like for me. Um, so it and and then, yeah, and then transferring that uh, concept to somebody who you're maybe training while also not trying to make them a mini version of yourself. Totally. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. Just, I mean, it is kind of the same challenge as teaching improv, right? It's like there are some solid things that we all use as a baseline, but also everyone improvises differently and different things work for different players. Right. And that's the same with teaching or at least good teaching. Right. And that's why also that's students why need to take a variety of teachers. Oh yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. And that's also why representation is so phenomenally yes. important. Oh my God. Um, Cause if you just, you know, if Susan Messing is the only woman you have as a teacher, then you're going to think like, well, shit, if I'm not that, um, but, you know, getting to have her and someone else, you know, or, right. or women of color or, you know, people, it's just like the more, the more of us that are, that are out there, the more options are open. Yeah. And the more people get to see themselves reflected in other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because like I, like I love Susan. Uh, I mean, like I said, like she was there for me in a time when like I was yes. in a bad place. But she's also a certain like not every female is like I'm that brash and brave, right? Like that's who Susan is. Um, right, and that's like yeah. And style wise, I think it's just like for so long. When I came up at, at in improv, you know, you saw eleven people on stage nine or 10 of them were men. So you mm -hmm. got nine or 10 different styles of male play and maybe one style of a woman. And so just being able to like see yourself reflected and be able to connect. Uh, <gasps> once I started seeing more women play and that there were more options um, and that I could love someone's <gasps> style of play but not emulate it was a massive like duh moment for me well right but it's hard to have that duh moment if it's not represented it and then and then yeah. there's some like pockets of the world where uh it's always going to be five to seven men and one woman but that and even if it's a different woman it's still like the same fucking woman if that makes sense like it's because they're looking for a specific type oh yeah well that's the gate i mean that's the gatekeeper conversation that right that's the part that still is just fiery 
Yeah, and my dog's barking. <laughs> sorry. Oh my god. Oh my god. No, I love we, it. We'll just turn it out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to the, she goes to the door. She hears people walking by, or like our next door neighbor is a Great Dane. So when he Aww. barks, she's got this beautiful deep voice, but she's got to like match him. Wow. She's hilarious. Hey Potter. <laughs> Potter stop. Let me close that other door for like a second. Stop. She's also like 10 and she's like, no one can tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, duh. I do what I want. Right? It's bark time. <laughs> right. So with the lady class, do you, um, yeah. do you find people having moments of like ahas or they're just happy to be there or do you find that do you ever get like a female in there who's like I think this is ridiculous so I came in here to prove you this is ridiculous <laughs> you know I have never I, so I've never had that and I think for a lot of reasons um one is at least when I was doing it in Chicago I, I mean like I don't know it's it's I think if you're paying to be somewhere like Right. And it's a choice. And those classes, because they're workshops and it's word of mouth or it's, you know, uh, a theater um, saying, like, this is worthy. And for me, it's a lot of, like, friends um, telling their students to go take it. Um, I've never had uh, anyone, um, uh, like, fight against the idea of the class. Um, and in those, because th that, that one and my physical one in particular are particularly experiential. So it really is like, this is fucking playtime play. Okay. Um, there hasn't even been a ton of pushback to ideas. Um, but perhaps in the four week version, there will be like, maybe, maybe that'll be the, the turning point. I think also I have the luxury of at the top of the class, spending a pretty decent amount of time finding out why people are there, what they want out of it and what their experience level is. So I'm teaching the class that's in the room, you know, like that yeah. great improv thing, play the senior in. Um, so the shape of that particular class changes extremely depending on who's in the room. Yeah. Like I taught it, um, I taught it last year at a Gladstone festival and all, all of the players were other teachers um, and oh. and amazing and just like fantastic artists. So the shape of that class, we did uh, the physical stuff and then we really dug into like, all right, so what's some of the shit that you've been like, what is going on in your journey? Cause I know you can communicate it and there's probably a lot of built up stuff. Um, so like, let's play through these things one at a time. Let's play through where your strengths and weaknesses, like what you feel like playing with. Right. Um, and so that is a very different class than the one um, where it's every no, no one really has any improv experience. Um, and yeah. that's a, a much more basic level. Sure. I think if I I think if I tried to teach like a basic, a more basic version of it to a, a more experienced group, I think that would be a huge issue. Or if I walked in and told them. Like, if I came with my ideas uh, and imposed what I think it's like playing as a woman onto them, that would be an issue because I think one of the major problems uh, with, like, talking about women in improv is we talk like there's one experience and there's just not because we're all individuals and I think that's the point of it. Right. 
right? Like the point of it is like, we're all humans. Right. All of us are different. Like all of us are different. You're right. allowed to play the way you play no matter what. Just right. It, it, so. and, and that also just goes back to like the whole, I mean, at least for me, part of the philosophy of teaching of that. This is not about me. This is about their experience. I'm there to facilitate and guide. And I have, I have the skills to like help with feedback and present mm-hmm. exercise that I find helpful, but in no way is this my fucking journey. Right. Well, it's like, I'm having my own journey, of course, cause right. I'm, you know, very, but it's certainly not like what they, what their experience is, is yeah, is, is about them. Cause they're the students. So right. hundred percent. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'm having my own teacher journey uh, yeah. and all of that. And, and but and like yeah. you said, like that's for me to talk to with other teachers and, you know, but exactly. Like, yeah. To, yeah, to I, journal about. Right. But yeah, because I'm not there to, it's the same thing with like, when you're coaching teams, right? Like I'm not there to coach mm-hmm. the team I want to play on. I'm there to coach the team that's in the room. Mm, yeah. And that can become, I mean, you gotta, you've got to fucking put your ego away. Like it's. Yeah. And it can be hard. Like it can be so mm-hmm. hard because you're like, oh my God, this is the move I would have made. And yeah. That's because that's how your brain is wired. Right. Well, and that's like, I think, too, that's such a, a smart thing is like, I'm bringing my experience into the room, but I, I'm not like, they aren't going to have that experience. So like, ideally, the experience is helping me teach or helping me foster learning. Right. But it's not like me saying like, your experience is going to be the same as my experience. I'll offer you these things that I've learned. Right but I don't know that you're going to learn or need to learn the same things that I did as a player. Right. What, um, what do you think makes a good teacher? Um, I think someone who, someone who knows their own, um, who, who knows themselves. So someone who knows their own strengths in the room and utilizes them, uh, and someone who I think like a good improviser is a hundred percent in the moment. Like I hate teachers who no matter what happens in a scene or in, in an exercise will either say like, well, what usually happens is, Mm -hmm. and then tell me the lesson that I should have learned, even though I didn't, um, or someone who gives the same feedback, um, like gives this like cookie cutter version of feedback where it's like, that's clearly not what that did not happen. Right. right. Who's like the skill that you just learned is this thing. And you're sitting in the audience being like, but that was a train wreck. Like we all saw it didn't work. Um, <laughs> like that, that to me is like a huge pet peeve and it absolutely happens. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so with that same train of thought, do you have any advice for people who are like starting out on their teaching journey? Oh, do I have <laughs> advice? Um, uh, get really cut like uh your curriculum is your running order so memorize memorize your points memorize the intros like you would a short form improv game where you know it so well that when you need to go off script you can um and then decide how you want to run feedback and be consistent in that at least to start off teaching right so like Um, depending on if you're doing scenic stuff or exercises, let the, 
let the class know how that's going to happen and then keep that consistent. Um, and just maybe in giving notes or feedback, if you can maybe after classes, so like take, you know, 20 minutes after your class and just kind of jot down what happened um, and what the takeaways are. And if you did it again, what you might change or adjust or the bigger ideas that you see. Because that was like something um, when I was performing at IO, the coaches that would just like re-go through the show and just like talk about what happened or talk about different choices you could have made was less useful than kind of like those, the bigger things. Um, that's yeah. like a really yeah. general. Yeah, no, I mean like, sense? yeah, it does. And going down sort of that side of like uh, post-show notes if you're a coach, I was just having this conversation with a couple of people who I coach, but also who are who are teachers at our theater, right? Because we're on different teams, and how like I don't love how I'm facilitating notes right now, but that's sort of what the team has kind of the team wants to sort of the team wants me to sort of rehash the scenes just so they mm -hmm. get it back in their head, and then once I rehash the oh, scenes, yeah. sort of like some of those takeaways. What are some thoughts you had on it? Were you struggling? Let's go through mm -hmm. it. I don't enjoy rehashing the scenes though, because I'd rather be like, right. You guys did a good job. Why do I need to tell you that, uh, you know, Joey's move here was hilarious. Like you're going to go watch the video later mm -hmm. anyways. Like it was like, I'd rather be like, what, what's in your bones right now? Like, you know, do you mm -hmm. feel like you got, like if you're tired and you can't remember anything, it was a good show. <laughs> I love that, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> but well, and I think too, yeah. like, but I think too, like, the thing is, like, getting notes is different than talk than because, like, they're going to talk about the show anyway, or that happens right. every time I do a show, right? Right. Is you get off stage and then you start, oh my god, this move and that move, and you're talking about it because you're excited about it, right? So, like, that's a that's for a different thing, <laughs> right? That's like right fun. That's fun and and. It's different than me, like, noting a show or noting a scene um, or armchair playing it. Yeah. What is that? Armchair coaching where you're yeah. just like, oh, see this move. Like, teacher, I, I find it endlessly fascinating when teachers just, like, say the move that they would have made. Right. Right. And because that's, like, sometimes fun to hear. And also, to me, that can be joyful but totally useless because it's like, well, my brain is never going to work like your brain. Right. Well, that's my thing. Is so like, that idea wasn't wasn't even in there. I try not to say to students, here's what I would have done, because what I would yeah. have done, it comes from so many different variables, you know. Right. So instead, I'm like, what are some other options you could have done if you felt like you were struggling in this moment? Uh, one, they figured out for themselves and two, they are wired differently than I am. Oh. I like I, I don't you know and every now and then someone will be like well what would you have said and I'll be like well I would have done this and people are like oh my god that's so funny I'm like yeah but don't take that like that doesn't mean shit <laughs> right although now that we're talking about it I'm like I guess that's kind of useful because you're showing them you know the possibilities um, and since you can't go back anyway it might be just fun to like but I like that I think he said um, I'm 
you said like almost brainstorming what other options could there have been like yes. if you hit um a problem hit a problem point in a scene i love putting that's a that's a cool thing is like what are the other moves you could have made or ideas you had um did it yeah like the scene got harder after that do we know why can we figure this out Right. Um, that's kind of cool. I like that. Well, right, because then that way, when they get into it again, right, like they've had the opportunity to rep yeah. do repetition. And yeah, like there are definitely, I mean, I I also enjoy being like, oh, what are some ideas you, like when people, especially people who have like a ton more experience, like, oh my God, what are some of the ideas you would have had? Only because I know that I am probably limited just by my own experience. So it's cool to hear other people's experiences. Right. But I'm always like... Yeah qualifying that with like here are some ideas you might that i might have done but please keep in mind they're not right and they're not wrong mm -hmm. they're just ideas yeah right but and i think too like uh, like op uh what is it like options of play versus straight up like different lines Ugh. are more useful right it's like you didn't react with emotion so maybe emotion would have helped versus saying like, here's a funny line you could have said. I feel like that's more useful because that's something that could work in other situations. So looking for things that would work in other situations versus just that one. Right. Because when the fuck am I going to use that line now in a scene that's never being played again? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Like... Totally. I was like, cool. Well, great for next time. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, any like last thoughts, anything I uh, didn't dig into that you'd love for me to dig into? Oh my gosh. No, I talked so much. I hope some of it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot made sense. Um, if people want to find yeah. you, uh, <laughs> and you want to be found. <laughs> oh, uh, my website, uh, which I do not update enough, is yesondl.com. So it's yes and el.com cool all right cool uh i appreciate your time and, um, yes yes it was so much fun chatting it gave me tons of stuff to think about so oh, thank good. you